Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial and just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of calm premium you'll be feeling calm relaxed and at peace in no time the mindful life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 14 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I talk with my good friend and local wellness practitioner, Mick Ryan. Mick is a real mixed bag as far as modalities go. He, along with his yoga teacher wife, Chandra, have a clinic in Doreen, where Mick predominantly offers acupuncture. But he also provides a range of massage techniques, meditation sessions, Tai Chi, Qigong, 
and spiritual and energetic healing. Mick takes a holistic approach to wellness, believing that if there is a disharmony in the spirit, this leads to a psychological disharmony, which then finally becomes a physical disharmony or a physical ailment. Mick is a wealth of knowledge, and I feel I learn something new and valuable every time we meet. I was lucky enough to sit down and have a bit of a chat about his acupuncture practice. It was fascinating to learn that this ancient Eastern medical practice can not only uncover the root cause of our difficulties, but it can also assist us with a range of physical and psychological symptoms. Acupuncture is a valuable strategy and a technique to add to our wellness toolbox, something we can access to manage pain, stress, and to restore homeostasis, and of course, to instill peace and calm. Welcome, Mick. Thanks for joining us um, on Thank the Mindful know, yeah. Life podcast. Very happy to have you here. Thank you. So did you want to start by uh, telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay, so uh, I have a few strings to my bow. First and foremost, I'm an acupuncturist. Um, I'm also a sports and remedial massage therapist. Um, I've trained in uh, Tai Chi, Qigong and meditation instruction. Uh, I've got diplomas in sports massage, holistic massage, reflexology, aromatherapy, Indian head massage, nutrition. Uh, and this year I'm training in trauma release exercises. Wow. So yeah, a few things going on there. Lots of feathers in that cat. Yeah. Okay, so you've got um, your, your practice, your clinic out here in Doreen. So yes, tell I us do. a little bit about that. So um, we moved in Christmas uh, 2017. And it was always our intention to um, set up a house where we could actually walk out of. So we have a treatment room at the front of the house where I walk myself. And then we have a yoga studio at the back of the house where my wife does yoga. Um, and I teach uh, meditation and Tai Chi classes. Fantastic. Yeah, so we're very happy to be able to get a space that we could walk out of and live in and, and just get everything we wanted. Yeah, and I've been there myself. I've been there for um, some meditation. And I've also been there for some acupuncture as well. So it is a great space. That's right. We have the community acupuncture session that we do on a Wednesday. Um, usually, I think from 12 to 1.30, we do community acupuncture. So the whole idea with community acupuncture is that we make acupuncture uh, accessible and cheap for people that otherwise might not be able to afford treatment. So a normal initial consultation with myself is $95. Uh, some other places might charge $120, $130 for a one-hour consultation. Whereas with community acupuncture, because we share the room with several people at once, we're able to bring the cost right down to $30 per person. So it makes it really cheap and really affordable. And we do it during the day. So people who aren't working, you know, who might not otherwise be able to afford it, can get in during the day and get a treatment in and, and get the benefit of acupuncture. Mm, and have a bit of a taste, a bit of a try. Exactly, yeah. So have Sean and I, my husband that. and I, both come along and had a bit of a try. Sean for his dodgy shoulder and um, his knee and me for my ankle and my knee as well and also I had some acupuncture for stress so maybe that's a good segue into talking about um, how acupuncture can help us it's good for our physical health but there's more to it than that so how can it help us in other ways as well so at the moment a lot of the actual scientific research into acupuncture is into pain because that's where the money's at that's what people want to know they want to know how does acupuncture treat pain so there's over I think 8,000 studies into acupuncture at the moment um, which show how it works. It's actually more than physiotherapy 
and chiropractic combined. Um, so there's a lot of research and a lot of proof about how acupuncture works into pain. But acupuncture itself, and it goes back thousands of years, the philosophy of acupuncture is very intricate and there's, there's many, many layers, many levels to acupuncture. So in acupuncture theory, what we refer to as the Zhang Fu are the organs in Chinese medicine. And I, I trained in, in traditional Chinese medicine with a very pedantic professor. So he was very specific about us learning Chinese uh, terms and Chinese theory. So we refer to the organs as Zhang Fu. Um, Design Are you fluent through, in Chinese? I'm not fluent in Chinese at <laughs> that all. That must have no, been a challenge. No, I just know a few. We have to learn some pinyin terms for the actual Chinese theory, and we do have to think quite differently, because it's very, very different to what we grow up with in terms of Western medicine terms. So, designed through the organs have functioning on mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical levels. So much of what we study in the West is on the purely physical levels, but it really can be very effective in treating on all those levels. So for example, the heart in Chinese medicine is considered the emperor of the organs. It's the preeminent one in that sense. And, and the heart um, houses what we call the Shen. And the Shen is something like a juxtaposition between the mind and the spirit. And so at night time, when we go to bed, the idea is that the Shen comes and rests in the heart and then settles down for the evening. And then we wake up in the morning, it pops back up into the head and starts to animate us again. If we have any disturbances in the heart, sometimes the Shen doesn't rest there. So we might have insomnia where we have difficulty going to sleep because the mind won't stop because the Shen is not resting. We say that the blood, or the Shui as we call it in Chinese medicine, the blood anchors the Shen in the heart. So if there's a deficiency in the blood in some way, oftentimes the Shen won't rest and you, you get restless mind as well because of that. Uh, the liver um, is considered the general of the organs and as a general its job is foresight and planning. So anytime we're, we're having issues with not being very good at planning or being too good at planning and over planning, that's often a disharmony of the liver. So for example, say obsessive compulsive disorder mm. is often in Chinese medicine seen as a disharmony of the liver. Um, so there's a lot of mental function that goes on with the organs. Now Chinese, there's no brain as such in Chinese medicine. Now it's not because they didn't know the brain was there, it's more so about Chinese philosophy. They're less concerned with what something is as opposed to what it does. So for example, if I say, what are you sitting on? You say, that's a chair. Well, saying it's a chair doesn't tell me anything about it. Mm. It's just a name. But if you say, what does it do? That gives us an awful lot more. And that's in Chinese philosophy. They're more concerned with what something does. So the actual physical structures that they would have seen, because they would have seen bodies, of course, and mm. um, true studies, uh, they weren't concerned with the actual physical structure so much as how things interacted. And we have to describe the organs, the Chinese medicine organs, in Western terms as a way of understanding. But it, it does them a disservice because they're far more. So what we, what, when I say the liver and I say the heart, the heart is, is what we call Xin Zhang Fu. The liver is Gan Zhang Fu. And they're the Zhang Fu. They're, they're quite different than the organs that we understand. Them. It's a very loose association that we use just for the sake of explaining things. But really, it's it's not entirely accurate to say that they are. If that makes sense, mm. it, it does. It takes a long time when you're studying it to get your head around a very different way of thinking and mm. to kind of accept different philosophies. Well, it's almost reminding me of um, Buddhism. You know, they have those abstract concepts and and ways that it's not easily understood. You know, it's yeah. not. It, 
things aren't explained um, in sort of logical and black and white terms. It, it can be quite abstract, can't it? Very much so, mm. yeah. It, it's less linear thought mm. than, than we're used to in the West. Yes. It's, it's far less more circular. Black and, yeah, yes, and more fluid. Yeah, yeah. yeah very much so. Okay, so in terms of mental health, let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, if someone was presenting to you, you know, I came to you feeling stressed. I think I had, I was complaining of headaches and, you know, you stuck some uh, acupuncture needles, call them yep. needles, uh, in. And I, fantastic relief. I was feeling um, quite sleepy for the rest of the day, quite relaxed. What happened? You know, why did I have that response? What did you do? I mean, you, you may not remember, but I guess I'm sure. presenting something sort of general to you that I was a bit stressed and a bit headachey. First and foremost, acupuncture has a homeostatic effect on the body. It restores the homeostasis, mm. that dynamic balance. So even if you come in with a sore knee and I put needles into you to treat that sore knee, oftentimes it will also just calm your nervous system ah. down and just relax you as well because that's its natural thing. For example, I had somebody in yesterday who's been coming to me for uh, back pain. Um, he also has an acid reflux due to hiatus hernia. And we did an acupuncture on his back. And the moment I put him in, he belched about 10 times. <laughs> and his reflux was gone. No, I wasn't even treating that. But yeah. that's part of the homeostatic effect. Mm. So, so can you explain homeostasis to the listeners sure. who may not understand what that means? Homeostasis is essentially dynamic balance. Mm. It's when the body's in balance, but it's more than just feeling sedate and calm. It's really when you feel energized as well when when your spirit is lifted and you know you feel like you're you're calm but you're ready to take on the world mm. that's pretty much what homeostasis is i think that's that's my understanding of it yeah um so uh with the treatment when, when we're treating things like for example headaches headaches can often be in chinese medicine can be related to the liver um because uh, the liver channel comes up the liver is related to the eyes um and the gallbladder is subserving to the liver, the gallbladder channel comes up the side of the shoulders, up through the neck. So a lot of times headaches will come from there. So we'll, we'll work on soothing and calming the liver to help relieve um, those headaches. Uh, we also might use points, there's one on the top of the head which is a great one to use called Bai Hui. And Bai Hui we use for raising the spirit. Now Bai Hui, if we're talking in Indian terms and, and um, Ayurvedic terms, this corresponds with the crown chakra because it's right at the very top. We pop a needle in there and it lifts the whole spirit up. So if you're feeling a little bit down and a little bit under the weather, that one just lifts you right up. Yeah. So chakras obviously come into play with acupuncture? They don't traditionally right. come into play in acupuncture, but I've done a lot of training. Um, so you're well crossing in, over, I cross you? over and I use everything that I've trained in. So I'm not specifically, in my understanding, just restricted to what I know of Chinese medicine. I also have done a lot of training in meditation. Um, and in some aspects of, of yoga and Ayurveda. So I have a little bit of an understanding of that as well through mm. my training in that sphere, and I will often incorporate it. And sometimes I incorporate my training in reflexology as well. You know, I'll be walking someone's foot and I'll feel something. For example, yesterday, I somebody with a sore heel, and um, I said, how's your digestion? Because that heel point corresponds to the, um, the guts, the colon, and the person has IBS. Now, even from a Chinese medicine perspective, I wouldn't have made that correlation because there's only one acupuncture point on the sole of the foot. Mm. So we don't often track it in that way, but because of that training, I was able to, to make that correlation. So mm. you know, I, I try to use everything I have to, really valuable. to put it together, to mm. get a big picture. So I guess this idea that um, you know, our health encompasses so much, but that our mental health can also 
impact our physical health? You know, can you talk to me about that? You know, if people are having yeah. some issues with their mental health, and sometimes it seems to come out physically. You know, what's going on there? Uh, the term I've heard it described as, and I love this one, um, is uh, there's just two actually. One that from uh, Carolyn Mace. I don't know if you're familiar with Carolyn Mace. Um, she wrote the Anatomy of the Spirit. She says uh, your biography becomes your biology. Ah. Um, and the other one I've heard is your issues are in your tissues. Oh, that's yeah. pretty powerful. Yeah. So I think that's what it comes down to. Based on my training, my understanding, I've always seen it as spiritual is the foundation. Mm. Whatever disharmony you have in a spiritual perspective becomes a mental disharmony, becomes an emotional disharmony, and finally becomes a physical mm. disharmony. Um, so in our society, most people are disconnected from their spiritual self, and that has a knock-on effect then mm. because we become quite preoccupied in the mind. We become very analytical mm. and over-rationalizing things, and things don't always make sense from a, a mental level as much as we might want them to. Mm. And that will have a knock-on effect then to the emotional imbalance, and it finally becomes a physical thing because you know stress is such a huge mm. thing. It has such a profound effect on the body and we're only beginning to scratch the surface of, of what that can actually be mm. um, but it really does is unsettles us on so many mm. levels physically and I think you know in this day and age we're all under so much stress you know kids adults all of us we're all yeah. under a lot of stress and cortisol the effects of cortisol you know that has a physical effect as yeah well. very much so. have clients yeah. coming in here who are very stressed that are presenting with physical illnesses as well so it's kind of a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, it what is. What come first? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Cortisol is one I talk about often is because, you know, it's your body doesn't know what's causing your stress. Yes. It doesn't know that you're not being chased by a tiger. Yes. Yeah. That's the analogy I use as well. Yeah. <laughs> stress is stress, isn't it? It is. It, yeah, to the system. It's, it's poison. And, and cortisol, it's shutting down the reproductive system, mm. shutting down the immune system, shutting down the digestive system causes all that abdominal mm. weight gain as well you know you get the adrenal fatigue you start to get back pain low back pain and, and that weakness down there in Chinese medicine it starts to weaken uh, the kidneys and that leads on to low back pain to knee pain ankle pain weaknesses in those areas and that's when you're more mm. prone to getting injuries in those areas as well then you know so you did that knee pain that you get or that that um, you know knee ligament damage that you get yeah it, it's a physical thing but there might have been an underlying um, emotional or mental weakness that gave rise to it in the first place. Mm, absolutely. So are your clients open to hearing all of this, you know, all of this stuff you're saying to some me? Some are and some aren't. Yeah, I gauge it based on the individual who comes in um, and I'll, I'll tell them as much or as little as they want to know. You know, if they just want a purely physical treatment, well, that's what we'll do. You know, we'll, we'll just work physically. Um, and some people, you know, they... they they want their money's worth. That they, they come in and they want to get a massage, and they want to get cupping. They want to get acupuncture. Other people know that, you know, for example, the acupuncture might be where that, or they might come in. They want to have a, a meditation. Mm. Some people have had come in and they spend an hour just talking. They don't even get to the acupuncture, and they feel better for that, because that's what they need mm. at that time. And some people will come in. They'll actually get an energetic healing because mm. that's what they want. Courses for courses. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. So what, el what else do you do? You talked a bit about meditation. Tell us a bit about the meditation that you provide. So I trained um, with my teacher at the Jade Sun School in Ireland. Um, and my training began in 2002. So actually I went to learn Tai Chi and I wanted to learn Tai Chi as a martial art because I wanted to learn to fight. Oh. And that was what I wanted at the time. And I went in 
And I'd known my teacher because I'd been working in a restaurant. He'd been coming in. I had no idea that he taught Tai Chi and Qigong and, and other things. And, um, I went to a session with my friend. Um, he taught us Qigong. Qigong is the foundation of Tai Chi. Qigong essentially means energy work. And it's like a moving meditation. And the first session he taught us how to stand. Now, I thought I was going to learn how to fight. And the way I describe it is I went to learn how to fight and I learned how to surrender because that oh, was the process. Amazing, it, it was mind-blowing. Just one hour of standing and I was a different person. It just changed my life completely. The Qigong, that's what we do at the start of the Qigong meditation. Qigong is what yeah. I do at the start of the meditation. Qi, yeah. Qigong. Yeah. Qigong. Qigong. Some people call it Qi. Qi okay. is more the, the Japanese interpretation. Of right. People often talk about Qi massage. And Qi is a Japanese way of, of saying Qi in Chinese medicine. It's, it's referred to as Qi. And Qi is the foundation of Chinese medicine. It is what Chinese medicine is all about. It's all about working with the chi of the body, the energy of the body. Well, it feels amazing to do it. I'd never done it before. So you run us through some of that at the start of the meditation. Yeah. And um, I don't know, some beautiful stuff was happening while I was doing that. It's, my it can be I quite could strong, energetic. And I mean, I've had people after a minute or two of Qigong just start crying because they have such a powerful emotion release. It looks like nothing's happening. You're, you're waving your hands around, but it is quite strong. Absolutely, yeah, and very yeah. kind of rhythmic, repetitive. Yeah, yes it is, yeah, very much so. And that's the foundation. Tai Chi is considered dynamic Qigong. So that was my training. Uh, I started with Qigong, and then we progressed into learning meditation, and I started on an apprenticeship with my teacher, which is, is still ongoing, yeah, and that's, that is the process. It, it's an apprenticeship, and I'm still apprenticed. I still haven't finished my training. Um, I got certified as a solar sound healer in 2010, but that's just halfway through the training course. Ultimately, uh, the course brings us to being um, spiritual and energetic counselors. Okay. Yeah, and that's what the training is ongoing. So meditation is a big part of that. You know, you have to, to meditate and, and, and really explore uh, your relationship with yourself. In order it should to be, be confronting, can't it? Very much so. Well, you know, it's, we talk about having ruthless compassion in the, in the process, and it does take a long time. Like, I've been doing this since 2002. It's 17 years later, and it's still... The process that's ongoing. I'm still stuck at the same point where I've been for the last six or seven years. <laughs> always learning. Yeah. Is there still judgment? Absolutely. Of constantly, course. Always. Yeah. 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 We're our hardest critics, aren't we? Very much so. Yeah. Mm, okay. So you run uh, meditation sessions. Uh, is it weekly? At the moment, we don't have any meditation classes running because I'm I'm letting Chandra kind of take a front seat with her, uh, yoga, her yoga at the moment because she has quite a few yoga classes running between vinyasa, uh, beginners yoga, um, prenatal yoga. So um, there's all those classes running at the moment. So I'm giving her space to do that. Um, so maybe later in the year we talked about doing an actual meditation beginners meditation course and just going mm. through from the, the very start. And that's how I initially started up doing it when I started teaching meditation. I would be very interested in that, put my name down. Sure. I'm completely yeah, yeah. self-taught. Yeah. You know, as you know, I do a bit of meditation from here, but it's all just my own learning. Um, yes, I'd definitely be interested in that. Sure. Mm. So how can people find you? Uh, so I'm actually, I'm in Doreen. Um, with we're on Facebook. It's uh, currently Melbourne Acupuncture Centre, but I'm going to go through a rebrand at some stage this year. Um, we're looking at a name change because uh, I'm not all over Melbourne and I'm not in the CBD. So Melbourne Acupuncture Centre seems like it's not an entirely an appropriate fit anymore for me. 
you need so, to make it a bit local, a bit more local. I do, to or else something that's just a name that can kind of be universal. Mm. So I do have a name in mind, but uh, I'm going to sit on that one for the time being. Uh, so for the moment it's Melbourne Acupuncture Centre, we're on Facebook, uh, I think that the website is still running at present for Melbourne Acupuncture Centre. I'll put all of that so, in the show yeah, notes. You can find us on that. Um, Chandra is Divine Warrior Yoga, um, so I think she might be into chatting at some stage yes, as well, I'm hopefully in the future. Chatting to so, Chandra, yeah, definitely. She'll tell you more about what she does. Perfect example of uh, mindfulness. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward yeah. to that. So how does Mick Ryan lead a mindful life? What does mindfulness mean to you, given that this is the Mindful Life podcast? So being mindful for me is, yeah, it's about being present in the here and now. That, mm. I mean, the past is gone, the future is yet to present. All there is is just this exact moment. And this is our entire universe, mm. just the here and now. So I often say when in the middle of a treatment, you know, the most important person in my life is the person on the couch right here right now because nothing else exists outside of this moment so you're practicing mindfulness while you're you know offering ideally your, yeah, yeah while you're offering yeah. your uh, your session you know while you're running yeah. through your work yeah well it's not appropriate for me in my mind to be off doing everything no. else i've got to be there right in that moment and right here and right now it's the only thing the only time we can actually make any changes in our life yes you know here in the now otherwise we're just putting it off putting it off and we'll put it off forever without actually making any changes and change you know talk about uh, the theory of evolution people misinterpret it as being survival of the fittest it's being survival of the most adaptable to yes. change change yes. is the key yes yeah not the biggest the strongest but yeah so our, our need to change and evolve consciously has to happen here and now because mm. we look at the universe look at the world around us right now and, and the state the world is in because we keep thinking somebody else will take care of it and we keep thinking it'll be okay in the future mm. oh we'll have great technology in the future now it's the choices we make as individuals mm. here and now we can't abdicate that responsibility mm. and we're you know we're making our future selves now yeah you know, we're making our future yeah. now absolutely and you, know, you have a small child, so that's, and I have kids as well, so it's interesting, you know, the world we're leaving behind for our kids and the future generations. Yeah, yeah we have to make a change here and now, all there is, all there is is now. Mm. Yeah, it makes you wonder, will things change? You know, will people start to realise, will they get their heads out of their phones? And well, I mean, it comes back to us as individuals, mm. it's, will we change, will I change, mm. you know, I have to make the change, I have to be the example, I have to create that vibration, mm. because we do, um, we have such a subtle influence on the people around us that we, we don't even realise that we're, you know, just our, even our thoughts, we're, we, we create this electromagnetic field, every living thing creates it, mm. we, we don't even have the sensitivity to know the effect that we're having on the people mm. around us. So Absolutely. raising our vibration through making positive choices really has a profound effect. Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming and having a chat today. Um, it was very enlightening. I've learnt a lot and I look forward to uh, coming back to see you for some meditation and some acupuncture soon. Cool. Thank you so much, Marianne. It's been a pleasure. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes.
You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.